When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. If it's a Monday, you know what we're doing on this show. Chatting all things ATP Challenger Tour with hosts Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro. This week, they discuss why the current ATP ranking system may prevent two of the most successful players on the Challenger Tour in 2021, Talon Greekspoor, Benjamin Bonzi, from progressing up a level. They also discuss the strange phenomenon of qualifying draws lacking players. They discuss Constant Lestien's first big week in a while and so much more. It is a fantastic conversation that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, before we get to it, just want to quickly remind all of you, if you're looking for a recap on all things Indian Wells, hop on over to our mini break podcast feed. I chatted not only about Sunday's finals, but Saturday's semifinals as well. We were joined by Chris Otto on Saturday on the mini break podcast to discuss some of the broader topics right now on the ATP Tour. Really fun conversation about who the most improved player in 2021 might be given Cam Norrie's victory at Indian Wells. He may have just clinched that title, but if you're interested in that sort of content, again, hop on over to our mini break podcast feed on the Cracked Interviews podcast. We've had some fantastic guests of late. Lauval Verdu, uh, Jim Doherty, Ben Shelton, now Cannon Kingsley here on Monday to discuss some of his success of late on the future circuit. If you're interested in listening to any of those interviews, you can find them all on our Crack Rack its website. You can also find them on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed wherever you listen to your podcasts. But of course, you didn't come here to hear plugs. You came here to listen about all things happening on the ATP Challenger Tour. So with that said, let's get to it. Another ATP Challenger recap episode with host Damian Kust and Jakob Babra. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Podcast. Uh, I am once again joined by my friend Jakub. And how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. It's another one of these early records that we do sometimes. Uh, so that's always fun to do. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, 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 was, it, was a, it was an interesting week in tennis and at the challengers here, uh, for sure. You got a point. I didn't get a yep. point, unfortunately. Uh, should we start with where you got a point, Santiago? Sure. I'll just say that it's 12 to 10 right now. If, any, if anyone wants to still be keeping track, I guess two points is, you know, it's not a big gap. Uh, you can definitely make up for that. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, I can, it's, it's I can. A that you can make up in a week, most weeks. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So in Santiago, Sebastian Baez, as he predicted, he didn't win last week for me. He won this week for you. Beat Felipe Meligeni Rodriguez Alves. 367661. That second set, I, I thought that he was going to lose it. He was looking quite rough there in the tiebreaker. He won at 8 6. His fourth challenger title uh, in his career. All of them have been this year. He moves up to number 124, I believe, in the live rankings here. Um, beat uh, Alvarez, Fikovic, Juan Manuel Cerundolo, Marcelo Tomas Barrios Vera. Uh, so it was a very, it was a quite impressive run. Uh, what did you think of Baez this week? Uh, I think the, the match against Serundoro is the one to remember. Uh, I was super impressed with his point construction in this one, just how he was able to, to easily dominate off the ground. But like, it's, it feels very weird to say that about Baez, but I feel like he was developing some sort of a mental block for the finals. Like his his previous two performances against Agamemnone in in Cave and 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 then last week against Varias in Santiago were kind of uh, off and in in both he had big big leads in in sets that he that he threw away and it almost happened here again uh, at four four in the second he was forty love up on on return I think yes and then he had 40 love up on serve to you know to actually level and he still allowed Marigani to get into a tie break then, then almost blew a 5-1 lead in the tiebreaker uh honestly he just had to work out his mental issues I feel like the match was mostly on on, on his racket though and definitely it was definitely the case in the third uh, a crazy stat that I that, that I read about Baez. Well, read just you know just found out through his records that in, this year he participated in eleven challengers and in seven he reached the finals. Uh, the crazy part is also that if he's not reaching the finals, he's not even go, get, getting past round two. I think like when, whenever he got past round two, he he also uh, went to the championship match at least. And of very, very not meaningful stats, uh, he's 22 and 2 in Chile this year. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it, it's almost similar with, with Talon Griekspor, who has the same stat, I believe. He, he's either winning the title um, or he's not making it out of the second round. Like mm -hmm, he's, yeah. he's had, <laughs> it's, it's been very similar. I mean, and we'll get to Griekspor, of course, later. Baez is now the number three in the challenger. He's, he, he overtook Echeverri. Um, I was very impressed with, with him this week. I was also very impressed with Meligeni Rodriguez Alves, who certainly had a, had a tough road as well. Uh, past Crawford, Londero, uh, Gerald Meltzer, uh, and Puccinelli de Almeida. Uh, and he actually moved up to his new career high ranking in number 187, Meligeni. So he's somebody to watch out for uh, as we head down the stretch here, for sure. Um, Somebody that we should also mention, Puccinelli de Almeida. I mean, he's still so young, only 20. Uh, another very nice uh, run from him this week. He beat Coaco, Kiker, Francisco Serundo. Do you have any thoughts on Meligeni Rodriguez Alves or Puccinelli de Almeida? Sure. I mean, Meligeni Alves is, was, you know, I. I wasn't too impressed with him this year compared to 2020 for sure. But the, the, as we mentioned multiple times before, the, the, the South American challenger stretch is so long and people people just can get so such good rankings here if you if you keep playing well until 
until the end of November, then, then you're going to get so many opportunities. And then Maligani Alves is, and, and Puccinelli de Almeida are, are definitely both players that can take advantage of that. I loved Puccinelli de Almeida's win over, over Francisco Serendolo. Not, not only because he, uh, Serendolo was your pick to, to win the title, <laughs> but it was also the, the second time that he defeated him in three weeks. Uh, definitely a completely completely different like, uh, look of the of the match uh, than it was three weeks ago. What would it be? Not Santiago, but um, I can't remember. All these all these South American events are are definitely mixing up for me. Like Lima, or maybe uh, uh, no Lima was Lima, I think yes. And there, Puccinelli de Almeida played like completely. Not what he's used to. Uh, he 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 was super aggressive, and then then this one was uh, much more toned down. Uh, but but that was uh, that was a fantastic week for him. That six one six one win over Enzo Cuoco as well uh, in the first round. Cuoco was uh, so so disappointed, I guess, that he decided to play the qualies this week. Uh, just sign up sign up late, and I I guess that 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 might actually turned out to be a good idea looking at how he played um yeah i, I was also quite impressed with uh herald Notze this week who made the quarterfinals he's slowly trying to rebuild his ranking he's now uh at number 421 i believe uh i'm here on, on resultina it, it was two very good wins over over Hari and then uh, over tirante six to six love uh and then the, he, he had a very close match with with melogeny rodriguez Alves. Uh, did you get to see uh, any of Meltzer this week? Uh, yeah, I, I I watched the one against Tiranta, then then sort of watched the one against Marigani. When I when I say sort of, I mean oftentimes I just have the stream on, but you know I are I, I, I am actually watching something else, and you know I just I just see bits. Uh, but yeah, uh, su- super impressive week, uh, second time in in a row also that he beats Tiranta. And he, for whatever reason, he he was just able to once again put him in sort of a backhand jail. I would say, uh, <laughs> how uh, how is it possible that pretty much no one else on this challenger, uh, you know, South American challenger tour, uh, can do it to Dirante? And Meltzer has done it so effectively twice. I have no idea. Uh, I guess we should also say that Juan Manuel Serendolo was yet again a match away from the top 100, but was was stopped by by Baez in this high quality quarterfinal. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I really enjoyed this tournament overall. I I really enjoyed the field. Uh, of course, next week it's a bit diluted because we have two tournaments in in South America, so they sort of split a little bit. But although one of them is quite a bit stronger than the other one. Yeah, it's so much um, stronger. But yeah, do, do we have anything else we want to mention from Santiago? Uh, no, probably not. I think we can get to you back to Europe. Yes, let's move on to Napoli. Uh, there was the other title winner that I've already mentioned. Uh, Talon Greekspor as the fifth seed beat Alexander Richard 6-3-6-2 uh, in the final. Absolutely unbelievable. We both thought that he would sort of run out of gas at this point going three in a row. Uh, but yeah, th- third title in a row. It's his sixth title this year. He has equaled up Benjamin Bonzi, uh, his eighth challenger title overall. Breaks into the top 100 by uh, a mile. He's now number 89, I believe. 
Muda 29 Spots, Hibidrola, uh, Alvaro Lopez, San Martin, Manuel Guinard, and Flavio Coboli before the final. Uh, once again, I mean, it wasn't even close in the final, similar to his match against Pellegrino. Uh, yeah, what did you think of Greek for? Yeah, this this is pretty crazy that we've got we've got two players breaking, well, not breaking, but tying the all time record for for most challenger titles in a single season. Uh, in in, in Szczecin, I was talking to a to a tennis fan who said, uh, like, was just mentioning Facundo Bagnis to me when he when he tied that record in 2016, and he was saying things like, "Oh, that that was so incredible," and he he fully expected Bagnis to you know, start breaking through to the main tour. And I, I remember saying that maybe Benjamin Bonzi can do it. <laughs> and here a month later, we've got two different people tying it. I guess a general conclusion that could be taken from this is that it's at least in part due to the frozen rankings, because it's likely that both Griekspor and Bonzi would stop playing challengers a bit earlier. If it if it wasn't the case, so so no, I, I I guess just 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 the sort of um, uh, thoughts that you can have uh, look looking at it. But obviously we we didn't expect it because how can you win fifteen matches in twenty days? Like at the at the latter part of the of the run, you pretty much have to be just running on adrenaline. But but Greek sports done it and and he was able to get get a, a lot of free points thanks to his serve and forehand this week, which obviously helped. Uh, lost just one set and actually in the deciding in the decider against Guinard, he 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 was looking kind of gassed and I, then I expected Koboli to take advantage. Uh, he didn't. I uh, Richard honestly played a good match in the finals to me. <laughs> Greek sport was just absolutely unstoppable. Uh, Alexander Richard is. is they so unlucky. He he played fantastic tennis these past three weeks. Uh, Naples, Murcia, uh, uh, and the second event in Naples, and just ran into Greekspor every time. This time, at least, they were in the opposite house of the draw, so he was able to grab a final. But in in Murcia and the first event in Naples, he lost to him in the second round. Um, yeah, I should also mention. I, I looked at the two. Uh, I looked at the schedule of Greek Square and Bonzi. Greek Square is scheduled to play on the Challenger in Tenerife, Tenerife whereas yeah. Bonzi right now is not. Uh, he's scheduled to play um, only ATP events. So Greek Square will have a chance to take the title for his own with seven uh, Challenger titles in a season. Uh, I, I mean, maybe Bonzi plays Bratislava or or Helsinki or something like that. I don't. I don't know. Those, those schedules aren't out yet. But it's it's looking unlikely that that he would go back to to the challengers. Um, but yeah, Greeks were just incredible, and, and Richard, as you said, uh, also a very strong week. He, he he beat Giano in qualifying, which is already a pretty tough match, uh, and you're not even in the main oh, draw. He qualified yet. for this. Uh, I didn't even realize. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah, he, he, I, I he, he beat Kade, which has been a, a kind of a double specialist for this. Mm -hmm. uh, then Giano in the final qualifying round, then Clark, Hanfman, Moroni, uh, Agamemnon, and then lost to Great Sport, unfortunately. But but he makes his new uh, career high ranking, number 264. So very impressive week from, from both, for sure. Yeah, super dessert from Richard, too. I think like the, the past few months have been, he's been overperforming his, you know, the expectations completely. Uh, also, it's worth, mentioning, it's worth to mention the uh, quarters against Moroni, where he was down 0-6, 1-5. That was crazy. 
somehow produced the comeback. Uh, I mean, honestly, he just raised his level. I, I don't even feel like Moroni uh, choked it. He, he just entered this god mode that took him all the way to the finals, honestly, because then, then in the semis, uh, it was another perfect performance as well. Yeah, it, it, it ruined my ticket for a bit, actually. I, oh. I, I, was, I was out during that match, but <laughs> I remember like sort of monitoring it because I, I, I had a bet mm. on it. And I was like, what, what the hell is going on here? And we tried somehow won it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was also uh, a big week for the two semifinalists, Koboli and Agamemnon. So, I mean, they're at different points in their career, obviously, with, with Koboli being so much younger than Agamemnon. But um, to sort of try to keep getting consistency here, uh, it's, it's, it's quite impressive from, from both of them. I mean, Agamemnon has been really, after sort of struggling to make the, the switch from ITFs to challengers, he's really taken to it like a, like a duck to water here. Uh, just beating Gaston in the first round, the board and Zapata Miraya, 6-3-6 love. Uh, and of course, lost to Richard there. But uh, it, it will be nice seeing these two. Yeah. Regularly. Uh, also, just to mention our picks, you had Mo Chan who withdrew uh, before the tournament started, and I had Korea who lost round two to Guinard, which I was not expecting in the slightest. That was sixty-sixty. <laughs> uh, anything else for Napoli? Uh, no, probably not. I was I was uh, just going to check, but okay, never mind. I, I was just wondering how how many matches is it already for uh for Franco Agamemnon this year but but the the site just keeps doing something weird to me I... so right now uh, he's 80 and 22 oh 80 year. okay 80 what? 80 match wins for Franco Agamemnon pretty crazy, crazy yeah I, I think Chris O'Connell had more in like in like 2019 uh, uh in, in recent memory but anyhow it's it's obviously uh completely stupid <laughs> but he i mean at least he he has reached the rewards like it's not like he won 80 matches and he's i don't know the number 400 he's actually going to play australian open qualifying so yeah yeah, fantastic fantastic story really yeah to make the big bucks let's go to alicante where costa lestien uh beat beat hugo grenier six four six three in the in the final uh it's his third challenger title first one since august 2019 in porto uh, he moved up 50 spots, number 208. Um, he beat Bornagoyo, uh, Fernando Vedasco in a, in a pretty dramatic match, it seemed. 7-5 in the third there. Uh, Lucas Middle and Joao Sousa. Um, so not the toughest road. We should also probably mention that Lestien is, is, has been convicted of, of match fixing and has served a ban for betting on over 200 matches. Um, so I mean, hopefully we'll see uh, less of that from him <laughs> over the time. But that's not like—is that actually match fixing? Just at, in terms of the term, I—I I, I believe the term is match fixing. Right. I oh, think. okay. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many of the matches were his. Ah, okay. So so um, some were his. But yeah, because because I, I remember when when Evo Kletz got done for match fixing, mm-hmm. um, it was called match fixing, even though he wasn't betting on his uh-huh. own match. Uh huh. Okay. Um, but yeah, then we had Hugo Granier there who uh, reached the final. He breaks into the top 200 for the first time. Uh, and he actually seemed to have quite a bit of a tougher road there, beat Nava, Feliciano Lopez, Nuno Borges, Oscar Ote. But it was Lestien to take the title. Um, yeah, what did you think of Lestien, Granier, Alicante this week? 
Alicante is a very nice place. Uh, yes, some, uh, some, someone asked me on Twitter, uh, when, when have I last seen Lestian playing that well? And I honestly replied, maybe never. I mean, it's probably recency <laughs> bias, but, but he was absolutely stunning this week. Probably after since that for winning that thriller against Verdasco, uh, loved him against Souza, which I, I definitely didn't expect that win. It seemed to me like Joao Souza will be uh, will will get uh, again be very competitive on the challenger tour. Like uh, in in the semis, I was I was definitely looking at him as uh, as the contender to make the finals. Uh, he didn't. I loved Lestian's forehand this, this this week. Like the, against Grenier, it's he's such a weird player because he pretty much counter punches and until until an opportunity presents itself to hit with the forehand. And I think Brenner was like a, a pretty decent favorite in the final, right? He, he's he got a more, a bigger game, but Celestian got into so many, uh, so many return games as well. Obviously it's his first title in, in three years. Uh, the last two seasons were absolutely forgettable for him. Uh, so cool to see him do do well again. I think he can also make Australian Open qualifying on the back of that run, uh, mm-hmm. or at least uh, you know if he if he gets one one or two more decent results. Uh, for Grenier, it's it's his first final this year. Uh, you've I think you've picked Grenier <laughs> a few times the, this year, right? So yeah, I, um, I I definitely picked him once, and he actually did okay. I think he made like the quarterfinals then. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, I, I always was sort of, you know, um, doubting that that peak. I remember uh, whenever he went for Grenier. So, so cool to see him do well as well. Uh, he has the game to be a, you know, much more successful in challengers than he is for sure. Uh, I, I, I was definitely impressed with Oscarotta until the semis. Uh, yeah. he was sort of just pulling everyone apart, and I, I, I was, I remember thinking, why haven't I picked him? Uh, but I, I, yeah. I think he also had some sort of physical issue in the, in the semis. Took a timeout. You couldn't really say, you know, from the stream, it was hard to say what was it. Uh, I think someone on on Twitter suggested that was his wrist, but but anyhow, it looked like he wasn't exactly 100% still gave a great effort to to even take the match to the decider um yeah we, we should probably mention our pick our pick was Quentin Alice from both of us <laughs> first round to Frederico Ferreira Silva it just shows you you know sometimes you win sometimes you lose I I think we both had a tough time picking somebody because this this field it looked very prone to falling apart and we didn't really know who would emerge there weren't really those names I wouldn't have picked Plastian in a million years. Yeah, Alice, Alice, wow. I, I can't remember the details right now because it was like it was like on Monday. Uh, but Alice, Alice had so many leads in that Ferreira Silva match. I mean, this has yeah. this has been a theme in in Quentin Alice's career. Alice's career, uh, I think. So, so yeah, maybe it's not that surprising. But he he really seemed like a uh, like a decent peak. Like uh, yeah, and as you said, we both struggled here. And midway through the week, I was like, why have I struggled? Oscarotta is there. What have you done? But in the end, yeah, I, I have nothing to regret. So, Yeah, I, I, I remember feeling like I wanted to see Oscarotta play before I picked him since mm-hmm. the US Open has struggled physically towards the end. Uh, I also wanted to mention, we already, we already mentioned Joao Sousa, but uh, the semifinal was actually his best result of the year so far. 
which is kind of weird to think about. He's had a rough time of it. He's he's barely in the top 200 now at this point. I think he's like number 182 in the rankings. Um, he beat Viola, he beat Balaji, and then Ferreira Silva, which isn't the toughest road again, uh, but maybe it's a, it's a confidence-boosting result here. And then is Yevseyev, who made the quarterfinals as a qualifier. Uh, he beat Pura Vraja, a double specialist in the, in the first qualifying round, then Daniel Rincon, and Dmitry Popko, and Denis Istomin. So uh, quite an impressive run, especially the Popko win, I guess, at least um, from him. Um, we should also mention that we, we, we talked about the the doubles yeah. there, uh, where we had... The elephant in the uh, room. Where they... Yes, David Marrero and Druva Mulier. Uh, and we talked about the possibility because they play Popko Yevseyev, who have, I mean, especially Popko has, <laughs> has had some history. Uh, and he, he, they actually retired Popko Yevseyev, a 6-1-2 love. So, um, yeah, so, so, so that means that uh, Marrero and Druva Mulia get 15 points in, in, the, in the doubles rankings. So Druva Mulia is now a ranked doubles player, number 1,298. Um, because of that retirement from Popko Yevseyev. So we, we can only theorize on why, I guess, uh, they decided to to retire. Um, um, yes and to, no. This, this guy clearly doesn't belong amongst the 1,300 best players in doubles in the world. Oh, definitely not. And, and it's, 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 uh, it's tough to see when you see so many people trying to break through um, for somebody to just you know get get a handout like this uh and, and he gets to keep this ranking for at least a year he gets to enter tournaments with it so yeah that's, it's... he he also has a elite doubles partner obviously not elite anymore but this is a guy who played the atp finals yeah. in what was it uh 2013 with verdasco uh yeah. <laughs> which is absolutely crazy also marrero has a match fixing uh, history sort of he was investigated twice openly uh, but never actually uh, as at least for all i could find never actually penalized uh but can we theorize on popco i think we probably uh can theorize here and probably even maybe say that you know when when dimitri popco retires one six zero two down and just he, he just randomly starts feeling dizzy you know, started start saying he he literally said, "I feel dizzy," and then went off the court. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't trust him after all these UTRs. I don't, I, I, I don't want to mix EFCF uh, into this. You know, he could have been oblivious. The same with Marrero and Mulia. Like I, Marrero and Mulia are definitely exposing the wild card system. Like, uh, very much so. Yeah, I mean, like, when people on tennis Twitter complain about Petro City Pass, uh, like mm -hmm. imagine if they only knew about this, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it probably isn't so you know, so just so popular, but guys like Mulia, uh, that Richard Zussman guy, uh, you remember yeah. him playing in Cave, yeah, uh, I think he even won a match on the ITF tour this week, but but just you know, the the, the players who. Mulia was 0-36 before this week uh, in both singles and doubles. And even though he played with Marrero, who actually is still playing pretty fine doubles tennis, uh, and and he, he he just couldn't, literally couldn't win a match, yet still keeps getting wild cards all around the world. It's not... I, I honestly believe that the, like the, the, the 
what's what's it called right now Inter international tennis integrity association should not only uh you know just uh investigate the players but yeah. the tournaments when when someone gives a wild card to druva mulier it's questions should be asked <laughs> oh, maybe Absolutely. right now maybe not i mean he he got 15 doubles points uh, maybe maybe right now it's on merit actually I mean, he's definitely going to get into some futures doubles with this ranking. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, over the next year, which is, um, yeah, upsetting. Because I mean, like, I, like I, I've, I've seen so many, so many people that that, that I know from like, like earlier, um, that go in every single week. They play, you know, Antalya futures qualifying. They need to three, win three matches to, to to get into the the main draw, and then try and get to the quarterfinals or semifinals to get points. And it's just such an incredible grind um, to try and get a ranking at all. So it's it's quite frustrating to then see somebody just just sort of in a way buy it essentially. Maybe he didn't buy the match, but he certainly bought the wild card. Yeah, so. in singles to 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 get a get a point, I think you need to win a round in an ITF, right? Uh, so, so for most players, you have to win actually win three matches in the qualifying to even get a chance. And in yeah. doubles, I think I can't remember if it's like a quarter on the ITF tour. I, I can't remember. I, I think so. I, I think I think that once you win, let me check this. Yeah, I think uh, I can't remember. So on a, on a 15k in singles, you you need to uh, win the first round to get mm -hmm. to get a point. In yeah. doubles, you need to. Um, you need to actually make the semi-finals in the semis two. yeah uh, i remember it was like you need to you needed to do more in doubles so he he got 15 15 itf semi-finals for uh, from that popcorn retirement you could say yeah i mean it's it's, it's four points for for, for the semi-finals oh, so, four so points okay no sorry okay it's, yeah, not, I mean, it's, it's not that extreme the, the, okay. the point the point stands where where he yeah, it's frustrating with stuff like this, but um, let's move on to match of the week, upset of the week. Uh, sure. Which one should we start with? Uh, maybe upset because I just closed down everything and I can't remember what my upset, yeah. my match of the week was. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to go for my upset of the week. It was quite clear. I believe it's also what the bookies um, had as the biggest upset, and that's Manuel Guinard over Federico Coria in the second round. Uh, of Napoli, 6-2-6-2. Um, I was not expecting this at all. I had this lovely image of Coria coming back from the hard courts, back to play. He was going to love it. He was going to do great. Uh, he beat Anna Baldi in the first round, and then all of a sudden just gets <laughs> taken to the cleaners by Manuel Guinard, who was playing very well, as, as you said, took uh, Greek score as well to a deciding set. But uh, yeah, I was I was very surprised. I was very surprised by the result, by the scoreline. Um, yeah, what's yours? Yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to go with this one as well. Uh, as you said, it was the the the, 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 the best pick according to the bookies as well. Uh, I honestly wasn't that much surprised by the result, but the the sheer the extent of the loss definitely uh, makes it just absurdly huge uh Guinard had some great moments earlier in the season but the past few months were just very forgettable so uh so to see him play this well again was was definitely quite shocking um yeah and that's for much of the week I think I'm gonna go with Richard Moroni just the, the, the watching the comeback from 0615 down 
uh you know all the, all the time saying no he cannot and then then richard keeping you know, that domination for the third set just ripping apart uh, moroni richard's forehand is a crazy shot actually someone made a comparison to me that richard sort of plays like greek sport and it was actually it was earlier in the week not not when they played in the finals and i mean i I can see it. I <laughs> I can see why, and then I think it's mostly based on the on the forehand. Uh, yeah, my match of the week is Felipe Melgini Rodriguez Alves over Gerald Metzler, six three five seven seven five. Uh, it was very enjoyable clay court tennis. Uh, certainly, don't watch this if you're um, like you know if grunting bothers you a lot. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with it personally, but these guys got very loud, especially towards the end. Um, but yeah, at, at, at some points that there were there was some nice variety as well thrown it thrown into it thrown into it, but mostly it was just a, a very interesting clay court battle, um, the sort of thing that I enjoy. So uh, yeah, and, and I believe that was the quarterfinal in yep. in uh, Santiago there. Yes. Anyway, should we go on to the previews of next week? Yep. Uh, so let's start in Europe and then we'll move on to South America. We have a Challenger 80 in uh, Lossing. That's what I'm going to go with here. <laughs> yeah. Not quite sure the pronunciation, the, the J at the end sort of uh, messes me up a bit. But yeah, Lossing in, in Croatia, uh, where Marco Cecchinato is the top seed. Uh, quite a quite a nice, nice, nice section, well, that nice opening match. Then he has Ginad or Sedarosic, which could be quite tricky. Uh, but I feel like then that small section there uh, with the other seed is Matthias Borg, Danilo Petrovic there, Aldin Setkic, and Antoni Genov, who is a Bulgarian wildcard uh, coming into here 19, uh, very low ranking. So that's that's kind of interesting to see, um, surprising a bit. So checking out the should probably make it through there, uh, 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 well, depending on how he plays against Ginado. So then the next section, we have Andrei Martinez, the high seed. He said he plays a wild card, uh, Milik Polichak, who's 17. Um, so that should be interesting that he faces a qualifier, because uh, there's there's two qualifiers playing each other in the second round. Fifth seed, Blagerola in the section plays a qualifier, and then Manfatic plays a qualifier. So all the qualifiers are <laughs> in, the, in the second quarter there. Then we have Nikola Milojevic, the fourth seed. He plays Carlo, Carlos Jimeno Valero, who should be interesting to see what, what sort of form he comes into here. Um, the winner of that plays either Ergi Kirkin or Raul Brancaccio. Then we have sixth seed, Alessandro Gianesi, playing Robin Hasse. And then uh, a winner of a very interesting match, I think, between Duya Aydukovic and Frago Agamemnone. I'm quite excited for, the, for that one. Uh, looking forward to it. Then we have second seed, Carlos Taberner playing Javier Barranco Cosano. Uh, the winner of that face is Blancano or Giano. And then seventh seed, Jay Clark plays Andrea Annaboldi and the win face is the winner of Forete Cornea. Um, so a lot of interesting names. Uh, it's kind of a weaker field. I, I feel like most most guys who, who play the hard courts are either taking a break or or they're trying their luck in... in um, Qualifying for for the ATP tournament tournaments this week because this one is on clay. Uh, but yeah, what what do you think of it? Yeah, uh, it's worth mentioning that this takes place at the Lubitsch Tennis Academy, 
which was opened this year, I think. Uh, on the it's it's called I think the the the, the creation is called the Island of Vitality, and apparently has a very long tennis tradition. So the the location has to be amazing. I mean, it's literally on the Adria on the Adriatic Sea. Uh, in the qualies, there were so many alternates, like doubles specialists everywhere. Uh, I Kade won the won one match because he played another alternate, but Sadio Dumbia won a match. Fabian Rebu won the won a match as well. Uh, we shall see if they if they're going to qualify today. Uh, the qualies will start in like one hour from 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 when we are recording. Filip uh, Misolic could be could be definitely one of the, the dangerous player coming from qualies. I actually don't really understand why so many players pull out of uh, of challenger qualies lists at the moment. Like in the past three or four weeks, uh, everyone can get into into challenger qualifying. Everyone with an ATP ranking, and I have no idea why people keep pulling out. Uh, I, I I I was looking at the entry list, uh, seeing if Mihalski or Chash can make it, for example, and I I don't understand why they, you know, don't just drop. I think Mihalski is playing in like and where's where's the fifteen uh, k's right now, Cairo, and and Chash is playing a series of hardcore twenty five k's in Portugal. Hardcore is definitely not his not his best surface and you know just a chance to play challenger qualies seems amazing for me but for whatever reason players don't want to and they just keep playing they just keep having you know five or six alternates every single doubles draw uh, especially as there's just one challenger event in europe this this week so i i uh, i really don't know what's what's going on there uh, the wildcard for Cornea is uh, is a part of the deal that we that we talked about when when Tsitsipas got uh, uh, got the chance to play in Sibiu, it, so it's a, a bit of a reciprocal wildcard. Why did Sibiu choose, you know, Petros? Well, I mean, why did why did the the tournament in Los to choose Petros Tsitsipas? It's absolutely crazy for me, but never mind. <laughs> um, but Cornell is, is here anyway. Uh, I have no idea, honestly, what he can bring to the table in singles. Haven't haven't watched him in a while. Uh, Jimeno Valero Milojevic could be an interesting first round if Jimeno Valero plays something uh, at least remote to what he did in, earlier in the season. Idukovic Agamenone is the big one, of course. Uh, we shall see how many how much crowd will be there actually in uh, in Losin. Maybe they can they can help Idukovic out because he might need it. Baranko Kosano Tabernar is another very high quality first round. Uh, as for my pick, I I, I think Chakinato just seems very se sensible. Uh, his recent challenger results were quite awful, honestly. Uh, he had that good run in San Marino when he lost to Rune, but then uh, in Tung he lost in the first round, second round in Szczecin, uh, second round somewhere very recently. Uh, and uh, but but the draw is good. I mean, besides Ginard Serdarusic, which which could be tricky, uh, he should quite easily make the finals here. Honestly, uh, the the bottom half just seems a lot more stacked. Um, yes, despite that, I am picking something from the bottom half. I, I thought quite hard about Andre Martin. Um, it's just <laughs> I, I I just couldn't help but but really enjoy his section there with how weak the qualifying is to all the qualifiers in your section. Then a wild card and Fatih Genola, I would feel that he has a really good chance of making the semifinals. Yep. Um, but I'm not going for, I'm for Andre Martin. I'm going for Carlos Taberner. 
uh, I feel like he's the he's the most talented player in the in the draw, which which is something that, something that Ooh. I always look for. Ooh. Um, yeah. Is that bold I mean, or not? I mean, I'm thinking if that's. Bold I, I don't. Or not. I don't think it's super bold. I mean, I I, I guess that there's younger guys in there who, who could probably compete for the for that title mm-hmm. of most talented. Um, but I mean, he's he, he he is like I would say on another level still to 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 most of his draw, especially in the section. Uh, Baranco Cosano, Giano Blancano, Forete. Clark, I feel like he should, he should make the semis um, and, and win this whole thing. So yeah, Carlos Tabene, that's what I'm going for here. Maybe we'll get the final between our picks. Uh, yeah, it's possible. It's <laughs> certainly not impossible. I was I was also thinking of Taberner, but you know, as, as I said, just just the, the bottom half is significantly stronger. So so that's why I went with Chekinato. And we have two South American events this this week, which is quite surprising, but I mean, the, the fields turned out okay, although Buenos Aires is definitely the, the stronger one, absolutely filled with Argentinians. Where do we go first? Bogota or Buenos <laughs> yeah, Aires? Yeah, let's, 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 let's go Buenos Aires. Let's enjoy it. Uh, Chego Monteiro is the top seed. He, he was against Enan Casanova. As he said, full of Argentinians. This draw is really full. Uh, Obviously, against Casanova, then his kicker or Alvarez. We have Tomas Martin Echeverri as the eighth seed, also in the section plays. Uh, a qualifier and then either Tirante or Olivo. Um, next section, we have Francisco Serundolo playing uh, Camilo Hugo Carabelli in the first round, which should be interesting. Then we have the, the winner plays Fikovic or Sanchez Izquierdo. Then we have six seed Thiago Sebojvild, uh, giving a very easy, easy draw here uh, as he's on a, on a four match losing streak. Uh, he gets a wild card, Mariana Navone. Who's 20 years old, ranked 582 here. Could could be interesting to watch. I've, I've not seen him yet. And then uh faces a qualifier um in the second round. In the next section, we have Juan Pablo Varias as the fourth seed, plays Nick Hart, um, and then has either Faro Rodriguez Taverna or uh, a wildcard, Roman Andres Buruchaga. Uh, yes, Buruchaga. Um <laughs> Uh, in, in the section as well is Sebastian Baez, the seventh seed, playing Pedro Cachin, and then facing uh, Londero or a qualifier. In the final section, we have Juan Manuel, Juan Manuel Serundo lost the second seed, playing Guido Andreozzi, faces the winner of Olivieri or Colarini. Then we have fifth seed, Hugo Dalien, who's pretty surprisingly, I feel like, because he's chosen to, to play this one. Oh, never mind. No, I, I mixed up the countries. I, I, at first, I can tell that. Okay, that was in Bolivia. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, unsurprisingly, Hugo Delian plays Buenos Aires. Uh, he faces Facundo Diaz Acosta and then faces the winner of Meligeni Rodriguez Alves against uh, another wildcard, Juan Bautista Torres. Uh, so, as you said, loads of Argentinians. Um, very interesting draw. What do you make of it? Uh, in the, in the qualities, we don't really have many players who can. You know, just get on the run here, I believe. Maybe Carlos Gomez Herrera only. Uh, again, a lot of alternates, but here I can understand it because uh, not many Europeans or Americans want to travel to South America and you kind of need to know beforehand. Uh, one, do you happen to know what the profession of Buruchaga's father was? 
Uh, no. That's one of my favorite uh, fun facts, so I'm just going to give it everywhere. Uh, his father scored a goal in the 1986 World Cup final. I I felt like I, I sort of heard the name before. Yeah. When I looked at it, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Argentina against <laughs> Germany. Argentina won 3-2. Uh, that was the that was the year that Maradona played, had that fantastic event, but but didn't actually score a goal in the final. One of these guys was Puruchaga. I can't remember the the the, the first name, so never mind. Uh, but anyhow, I'm, I'm I'm really excited to see him. He won two ITFs in Poland this year, uh, one beating Pahuchaj and one I can't even remember Filip uh, Paliwa maybe. But I might, I might just completely be uh, pulling that out of my ass. But maybe, maybe I'm not. Uh, which would be kind of funny if if he if he beat Filip Pelivo. Yes, he did beat Filip Pelivo in the in the other one. Uh, anyhow, uh, I absolutely love the first round between Serundolo and Uga Carabelli as well. Uh, so many good matches between Argentinians like Tirante Olivo, Androtti, Juan Manuel Serundolo. Obviously, Juan Manuel Serundolo will once again get the chance to break the top 100. I honestly have no, not much idea what to go for here. Uh, I feel like so far these South American events were pretty much us shuffling Baez Varias back and forth. <laughs> Maybe sometimes a Serundolo pick as well, one of the Serundolos at least. Uh, so, so I don't know. I mean, Baez, he's just played two very, very long weeks. Uh, and that's that obviously that makes me sort of iffy on picking him. But then again, who else? Monteiro hasn't been playing well. Echeverry had COVID and then I have no idea what... Uh, you know what what physical state he'll be in. Serundolo has that tough one against Hugo Carabelli. I mean Francisco, Juan Manuel. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean I I think that's who I'm gonna go for. But I'm I'm absolutely not confident in the speak. But I'm gonna go with Juan Manuel Serundolo. Um, yeah, I, I must sort of uh, echo that sentiment here uh, because I changed my pick as I was reading the draw. Hmm. Uh, I originally had Echeverri. Um, but I like just just looking at the draw, I was really drawn to Varias's draw. I didn't realize how, how easy the draw was really. Um well, I mean like Fado Fado because um, I mean bias bias in the quarters. So, so yeah, but bias in the quarters is potentially difficult. He did just beat him two weeks ago though, uh mm-hmm. in the final there, but of course that was a final. Bias doesn't really like the finals. Um but yeah, but it's tough because like every single one I look at, there's like some positives, some negatives. Uh, Echeverri, I really wanted because Montero is is, is kind of struggled, but then you have Tirante and Kiker in the section. Um, yeah, so, so I'm going for early, like two easy rounds here for Varias. Hopefully he gets on a roll and he's just unstoppable. So that's what I'm hoping for here. <laughs> So we continue with the bias and various uh, sort of trends that that we've had. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like I'm just sort of picking those two guys back and forth. I, I mixed it up with with Francisco Serundolo. Didn't work for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely gonna pick somebody else when we go to Bogota here because they're they're not there. Uh, so yeah. Bogota, we have top seed Daniel Elahi Galan, who's coming into the tournament in very rough form. Uh, he's he's on a 
one, two, three, four, five, six match losing streak um, since uh, the first qualifying round in Toronto. Uh, and some of these have been like rough losses as well. Very easy loss to Eubanks, lost to Goyo. Um, yeah, so Galan, I think I'm going to stay away from him. Uh, then we have, he, he, he faces, uh, if he wins, uh, Orlando Luz or Gerald Melter in the second round. In the section, the other the other seed is Malik Jaziri, who plays Lucas Catarina, and then either Nicolas Mejia or Christian Rodriguez. Uh, next section, we have Nicolas Jari as the fourth seed, opens against the qualifier, and then possibly another qualifier or a wild card in Juan Sebastián Gómez. The other seed in the section is Ulysses Blanche, the seventh seed. He faces Oriol Rocabataya, um, and then potentially has Goncalo uh, Oliveira or Peja Krastin. Um, next section, we have Vit Kopshiva. Third seed plays Alejandro Gonzalez, uh, then has either Matros uh, Puccini de Almeida or Alexis Gautier. Other seed in the section is Jesper de Jong, uh, who's the sixth seed, plays Paul Martin Tifon. Uh, and then either uh, Matias Zucas or Roberto Quiroz. And in the final section, we have second scene, David Altmaier, who I'm kind of surprised to see here. I wasn't really expecting him here. Um, and he plays Dali Rosferchina in the first round. Then he has Alexis Galan or, or Enrique Peña. So I guess a pretty nice early, early rounds there. Uh, and then he has fifth seed Facundo Mena, uh, Alejandro Gomez, and a couple of qualifiers in the section with him. Here, the, the qualifiers are quite a bit stronger, at least in Enzo Cuaco. He can mix it up for sure. Uh, Yaroslav Pospisil is here, which I'm loving. He's 40, 40 years old now, uh, still around, won, won the first round. Uh, yeah, what, what, what do you make of this draw? Yeah, and he's actually playing Bart Stevens, so a double specialist mostly. So maybe maybe there's a chance that, that Pospisil gets through. Uh, Stevens also defeated Alexander Lazarov in a very good match where Lazarov committed 16 double faults. But that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, Quaco is, is going to be the qualifier that everyone fears, even though he's not really in great form. Uh, the first round between Gautier, Puccinelli, Dalmeida is, is, is something I'm definitely watching. As uh, Tina Altmaier as well. I was sort of expecting Altmaier this year because it seemed uh, uh, here, here I mean because it's sort of been clear that top 100 is his goal towards the end of the season. So I guess that's the the best way to kind of secure it is probably to go to South America for him. Um, yeah, it's 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 funny that uh, I wasn't really looking at that before, but Facundo Mena is is here, not in Buenos Aires. I guess he's just anti anti patriotic. Didn't want to compete in the Argentinian yeah. national Argentina. championships. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, my pick, looking at the draw, I have a very clear guy who's simply. I mean, his section is abysmal. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the players involved. I usually don't like using such pejorative words, uh, but I mean the section is really weak. Uh, and I'm gonna go with Nicolas Jari. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like especially on on clay, where Ulysses Blanche isn't gonna do the best. Uh, that's yeah, it's it's quite a weak section there. So that, that that's, that's a fair enough pick. Um, yeah, I actually forgot that that Altmaier was in Lima a couple of weeks ago. So that makes more sense now uh, why he's here. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I, I quite like my guy's section uh, for him. It's Gerald Meltzer that I'm picking here. Uh, opening round, not the easiest against Luz, 
uh, though he hasn't played in a month since Davis Cup. Uh, so we'll see what he has. Galan uh, struggling. Maybe he can sort of uh, try and come back here, but I feel like it's unlikely. Jaziri as a seed at this point, um, I don't really see him having much effect here. Uh, Mejia might be tricky, but I, I feel like Melted, uh, within his recent form, is, should be superior. Uh, so maybe our guys meet in the semifinals. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so Hale Melted, that's my pick. Cool. And I guess that's going to be a wrap for us. Uh, we're going to see you guys next week. Oh, actually, you're going to hear us. We're probably not going to see each other. Uh, but anyhow, uh, yeah, that's the, the kind of uh, weird train of thought that that's you know that comes to mind when you do that these early recordings. So thanks for uh, you know staying with us till the end. We're gonna meet uh, next Monday or Tuesday or whatever uh, to talk about Bogota, Buenos Aires, and Los Losing. Uh, thanks for listening and see you next week. Bye. Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger recap episode from hosts Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro. A huge thank you to them, as always, for taking the time to record these shows. I say it every week, but sincerely, you are not going to find two people who followed the action on the Challenger Tour week in, week out, day in, day out, more closely than Damian and Jakob. And of course, you can read more of Damian's thoughts on our website, CrackedRackets.com. I mentioned this at the top. All Indian Wells recap content available on our mini break podcast feed. Be on the lookout for some new GSP content this week as well. We're really excited to bring in a new Crack Rackets contributor here this week who's going to help us cover all things related to the women's college tennis season. We're excited to be expanding our college tennis portfolio moving into the 2022 regular season. Have a bunch of fun things planned as we prepare for the regular season to begin. Not quite ready to release all of those, but you'll get a bit of a sneak peek later this week. So be on the lookout for that. And of course, Cracked Interviews podcast, I mentioned at the top, rocking and rolling. We've had so many great guests of late. We're going to try to interview all of the ITA All-American champions. We already spoke with men's singles champion Ben Shelton. I know I'm going to speak with Robbie Cash, Monte Votzel of Ohio State later this week. Hopefully going to speak to the women's uh, champions later this week as well. But again, if any of those interviews are of interest to you, you can find them all on our website, crackrackets.com, or of course over on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed. And as always, I will ask, like, rate, subscribe, review, to this show, the Mini Break podcast feed, our Cracked Interviews podcast feed, our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel, so that you don't miss any of our coverage of all things happening across the tennis world. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out, as well, to our friends at Tennis Point. Remember, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With all of that said, for host Damien Kust and Jakob Bobro, super producers Fligner and Westoff, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.